Another fucking episode of the One Ounce Pour. That's right. You thought, oh, maybe they're doing every other week. I don't know. I miss them. We're doing it right now because we have a very special guest, Matt Banbury. And why don't you say hello, Matt? If you can hello. hear me. Oh, there we go. Okay, good. I thought you no, heard the music and left. Like you thought that was Ooh, the I was jamming end of the out. show. I was dancing. You were no, dancing? dancing? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I hope you had all the blinds open, shirtless. How'd you know? Are you looking? I mean, I have a secret webcam across the street. See that guy across the street? Yeah, I pay him every week to film you. Yeah, exactly. Now, for those that don't know, this is the One Ounce Pour. And if you're just joining us, go back and listen to all of our other shows. They're kind of okay. A little bit. They're not going to be as great as today's show, because obviously Matt is on board. But it's just me. You're just stuck with Drew. Tom, he was like, oh, I'm away for something. I don't know. So he left me all alone with Matt, which is kind of how I like it. I don't know. Before we get started, please raise your ounce, chin chin, to the one ounce pour. Mm. And Matt, were you drinking anything then, or did you take a different ounce? Oh, I'm drinking. I'm oh, drinking good. Right now. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome. Yes. Well, since we don't have Tom here to talk about his food, we're just going to go straight into Drew's Brews Cruise and talk about a local beer which is by Wasatch Brewery, and it is the Ghost Rider, which uh, has kind of been my go-to liquor store beer. For those that don't know, Utah, to get a real beer, you have to go to the liquor store. If you want a nice little 5%er beer, you can stay at a grocer, but uh, to get a real beer, you go to the liquor store. So this has been my liquor store pick. Um, Yeah, it's pretty good. It has hints of pine and lemon, it's a uh, dry hop, unfiltered IPA, and it's uh, apparently brewed with coriander, whatever that means. Uh, if you work at Wasatch and know what that means and are like dying to tell me, reach out to us, the one OZ poor podcast at gmail.com, or hit us up on Instagram, one ounce poor podcast. I don't know how you tag stuff in Instagram, but that's how it works. And don't forget, people. You can actually pay me money now, which is crazy. If you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash one ounce poor podcast, you can become a member, which means if you pay me tree fitty, you get all the perks of uh, live chatting with us as well as a possibility of a live stream. And if you pay me $7 a month, you actually get the benefit of live streaming talking to us in chat and you could suggest guests and or suggest hobbies for us to do a segment on whether that means we go and do the hobby or not we just interview somebody that does the hobby which is probably a little easier hit us up patreon.com forward slash one ounce poor podcast and pay us some money because i mean we deserve it we're sitting here busting our balls what are you doing you're just listening it's lame pay us Whew. All right. Now that all that's out of the way, Matt, 
How the fuck are you? Doing all right, man. Doing Good. all right. Good. Good. Do we tell the listeners how close we are? Or do we just let them think we're strangers? I think we tell them how close we are. Okay, good, good. I was I was hoping you'd say that because, uh, yeah, I like telling people how close I am to Matt. Um, There's some good stories. There's a few good stories there. <laughs> so when I was a young man, I went to Southern Oregon University. Whoop, whoop, give them the beak. I hope that's not still their slogan, but it was when I was going there and it was terrible. They shouldn't have ever. That was the slogan? Yeah, and you used that. to hold your palm up. And then pretend your other hand was a beak and like peck at your palm. Like, give him the beak. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But uh, while I went to Southern Oregon University, my freshman year, uh, I got in with a roughing uh, tumble kind of crowd. Matt was their leader. He the was. Rough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> <The> rough crowd. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I met Matt. Was my first year being a grown man. I went and uh, just got constantly hazed by Matt. Uh, oh, ooh, good Matt. Good Matt story here. It's one of my favorites. Uh, because, Matt, you played football for SOU, correct? Yes. Yes, I did. And I don't know if it was like spring ball or something or spring workout or spring training, but uh, you you told us all, hey, don't fuck with me. I'm going to bed and I got to wake up early. And we took that as an invitation to fuck with you and be very loud and party. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I have no, this vivid memory of like 2 a.m. or something. You come, wa- I mean, walking is a is a gentle way to describe it. That door almost flew off its hinges. And you came out and you're like, everybody, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And in true (laughs) Drew fashion, I was like, oh, somebody needs a hug. And I went to give you a hug and you full on, like, pushed me, but with great force. And I flew across the hall and stood up and was like, "Mm, mm, Matt needs to go to bed. Everybody, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Matt needs to go to bed. Let's let's give him some space. <laughs> well, it was like 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I did say I have to wake up at you like did. 5. You did. We, oh, no, no. I'm not, I'm not blaming you at all. I was the disrespectful little asshole. <laughs> and you, you corrected that very fast with just one quick pop. And I flew. I remember that like a haze. I was like very tired. It's one of those like sleepwalking stages and just like curling a little cat across the room sort of thing. Yep. I was that, that little cat meow, just flew across oh. the room. Yeah, it was great. You had the hair back then. I remember that. You had like I the, did. The giant hair. I did. I um I had what some people refer to as big hair, which is I have <laughs> naturally curly <laughs> hair and it was just would grow out, not down. Uh I did have it referred to as a Jufro. Um I am not Jewish. I'm Italian, so I guess it'd be an Italian fro. But yeah. I was I was quite a goofy looking feller, so thanks for hanging out with me. You were, you were. I think you still are, but one of these traits you just keep going with. Oh my god! So yeah, that that's a good explanation of of Matt and I. We uh, you, you got kicked out of the dorms though, correct? I did. I okay, did. can I, I tell that story? Uh, it, there's more to it though. There's there's multiple attempts. So please start oh. it off. Please start it off. Oh yes. no, there were multiples. Yes. Okay, so this is all I know. I'm watching the Super Bowl with Matt, and it's Indianapolis and the Chicago Bears, right? Am I correct? Yes. Okay. You're rooting for the Chicago Bears. I'm rooting for the Colts. Not Peyton Manning. I'm rooting for not Peyton Manning. I'm going to make that distinction. I was definitely rooting for the Colts. And the Colts won, which is great. 
and Matt picked up a coffee table <laughs> that was part of the dorm's like Ikea set or something and he walked outside and he Hulk threw it off a balcony and it smashed into a million pieces and then like a couple days later Matt's moving all his stuff out and I'm like oh, what happened <laughs> Well, that was actually like the third strike. Oh, okay. The third. There was multiple strikes that happened in order for me to get kicked out. Oh. One of them was was one of those wild parties that we should have shut up before three a.m. Remember the, the security guards that kept coming over? Yeah. That, uh, would hassle us, and uh, so that was another strike. And then the first strike was actually helping a football player out who didn't have a housing like situation going on i let him stay in my dorm oh, before no. the season started but there's nobody there and they caught him and got me in trouble and, and gave me my first strike so oh no that was southern oregon for me that yeah. was southern oregon yeah but then you uh you left there and, and what'd you do you went and became somebody really cool somebody really cool you could say that yeah where'd yeah, you cool where'd you get your degree i got my degree at menlo college and what was your degree in my degree was actually in sports management. No, what? Oh, but did you get a, a follow-up degree to that? No, no. So my, my bachelor's is, is business management. Okay. Sports management. I went and worked for the Sabercats, the San Jose <gasps> Sabercats. Did you? Of the Arena Football League. I did. Oh, and I, worked I didn't for them. know like, that. Well, I, was an, I was an intern, and I was trying to go, and like I wanted to be a part of the 49ers organization. That was my dream, to go work in professional sports somehow in some capacity and so i went and worked for the Sabercats. it was a experience to say the least <laughs> i got to see kind of that side of the industry realized it may not be for me and i went a different route into uh the tech space yeah and that's that's the imp i think uh very impressive because i see the commercials for this company all the time. Yes. Are you comfortable saying their name? I don't know. Can we? So I, mean, are we in trouble? I don't give a shit. No one's going to listen. In trouble? <laughs> oh, this isn't a very PC po podcast. Oh, that's sure true. That's true. Oh, Ooh, man. Okay, so it's a different company than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because like Matt told me you work for him, and then I was seeing their commercials like slowly climb up, and then all of a sudden you guys own the Mavericks, right? Or, or yes. yeah. Oh my gosh. And now you're just exploding matt's made it Weird. i always i always hear these friends that tell me like oh, i'm gonna get into the tech industry and be somebody and then they don't i'm like oh but matt legit did it he said he was gonna do it and he did it so kudos on you <laughs> well thank you Drew. i wouldn't <laughs> say i'm a somebody i'm just a a worker but it's mm. been a it's been an experience and a half to go from like 30 employees to you know, like 2000 or something we're at now. It's been a, it's been a hell of an experience. But we're not here to talk about your uh, corporate life and or upstart company that you tailed in on at the right moment. Uh, we're actually here to talk to you about your hobbies. And I'm going to first start by letting you explain your hobbies. And then I'm mm -hmm. probably going to interject and make you talk about the hobbies I want you to talk about because I think those are exciting too. And if you're lucky, you'll just talk about the hobbies I want you to talk about. So, Matt, what is your hobbies? Sure. Okay. Should I start off in alphabetical order, or should we just oh, go? Oh, you got so many oh. that. It's so many. Let's <laughs> let's pick a big one. Go with that, and then we'll kind of branch okay. into the other ones. Okay. Well, archery is mm. one of my oldest hobbies. I love archery. Been doing yes. it like my whole life. 
big fan of that. Uh, big fan of fishing as well and camping, like being in the outdoors. Um, okay. Photography, photography, yes. of course, it's a huge one for me. I love photography. Worked as an automotive photographer for a while, shooting like pictures of Mercedes, oh, Toyota. Stuff I like remember that. that. I remember looking at my Facebook, being in college, and seeing how glamorous you lived, and just being like, "Fuck you, Matt." He's like, so glamorous up in the most. I got to drive the cars. So yeah, yeah. I got the keys to the cars, and. When I mean keys to the cars, I mean every single car that Mercedes made. So all of the AMGs, the SLS, like the Gullwing, it was it was it was awesome. fun. It was a good little perk. It was a good little perk for the job. So that, but yeah, go on. Sorry. No, of course, of course. <laughs> um, and then, of course, that we'll say writing as well. I'm a big writer, actually. If you didn't know. Um, Ooh, I write what? A lot. Okay, now yes. we're gonna pause. Okay. Now we're gonna okay. pause because see, this is why I love this show. Every time. Like, uh, get into somebody's hobby, not even thinking where they're going to go. So we're going to stick to this for a minute. Okay. So when you say writing, what kind of writing do you do? What kind of writing do I do? So I do some technical writing about the industry I work in. So that's part of it. I do like philosophical writing. You know, I try to be my, you know, Socrates, Aristotle, draw from my inner Seneca, if you will. Do some philosophical writing. And then on the side, like I've... Played with some fantasy, sort of, you know, inner Tolkien, Lord of the Rings stuff, but probably won't go down that route. But it's, uh, it's an interesting space just to kind of play around, fuck around with. Matt, you're blowing my mind. Can I say that? Can I say fuck around on this? Yeah, show? you can say whatever the fuck okay. you want. Okay, great. Fuck yeah. You are blowing my mind, though, right now. This is crazy this- because, I, I mean, no offense, but when I look at you, I'm not like, this guy writes philosophical shit down all the time. <laughs> well i thank you or is that a compliment I don't it, know if that's a compliment. it might be if i don't know maybe a underhanded compliment or something however they say it in the writing world but uh wow when backhanded. did you start backhanded. backhanded when did you start writing i guess back in like school like high school middle school i, I used to like win awards and stuff in school and oh. always get high grades in english class so i just kind of do that on the side no way Actually, I don't know if you ever knew this. I worked for a motorcycle magazine years and years ago. It was technically a staff writer, briefly. Well, I did not so, know that. Yes, that was like my kind of entryway into the motorcycle. Oh industry, my God, that's which amazing. Which is another hobby. Motorcycles, cars, it's another big hobby of mine. It is as well. a huge hobby. I, I would say that is how we bonded. Yeah. You were just Your like, truck. hey, what's up? You like cars? And I'm like, yeah. You should see my truck. And then you were like, a picture oh, of your okay. truck or a t-shirt or something like that. It was I think ass. I had it on the back of a t-shirt for uh, yeah. being part of the show. But no. Oh, my God, Matt. This is amazing. So you started in, you said middle school? Yeah, like middle school, high school. And what did you start writing in middle school slash high school that, that made you feel like, man, I like doing this? I think it was some like just bullshit fantasy story. And I just kind of went on and on and on and. It was kind of fun to just develop these characters and like this whole like background scene. And then I got a fucking A for it and was like, oh, that was cool. Oh. I can do that again. And I, was like, <laughs> I can do that a few times. And then, you know, did that. And there was also another like, like essay contest. It was like writing an essay about a historical figure, things of that nature. And I used to crush those as well. So I kind of like the historical, I guess, like, I don't know, like reference type writing that is as well. That is, my mind is blown. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just I was a football guy. Huh? I just thought I was a football guy. Just as far I was as a dumb duck. No, <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's funny because in 
high school, I started writing poetry. No way. Yeah. And then... Well, back the truck up now. Will you write poetry? Hold on. So I started writing poetry, and then uh, I won two big awards in our school for poetry, and I thought, oh, I like doing this. This is kind of fun. And it's like Dr. Seuss poetry. Don't ask... You know, it's not like good or anything. I just don't think a lot of people were submitting at that point. But Can you recite something? <laughs> I did not. I, I've never done spoken word poetry, but uh, I started writing a little <laughs> bit of poetry. And then it kind of carried on into college. I would just kind of like write a little bit of poetry. To this day, I don't write poetry anymore, but I like to write like songs. Like I'll come up with a song in my head and I'll just like type it out real quick on my computer and then I'll delete it. <laughs> I don't want anyone to see it ever again. But that's... <laughs> no, it's it's kind of... It's kind of cool when you can formulate something in your head and then put it on paper. And my favorite thing to do is to walk away and then I come back and yeah. I reread it. Yeah. And if it's something that really is like, I don't know, it like gives you the goosebumps, then you got to delete it even faster because you know it's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good strategy. That's a good strategy. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do? Do you log everything digitally do you have a handbook I, I picture that now that you've said all this I'm, I'm making a little mental painting of matt do you have like a leather bound book Ooh, like, i do with like I do. A, I have... a charcoal pencil and you like sit on the tailgate of your exploration vehicle and write your your sonnets so yes <laughs> yes that's, that's yes. part of it i have several notebooks i have a lot of those moleskin notebooks oh, like five yes. or six of them lying around the house and I, and I use uh, one different notebook for like one different line of thought or train of like area of thought. Oh my God. Yeah. This is, you know, that scene in Step Brothers when he's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> We've had that moment like six or seven times and it just keeps growing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the latest rendition. Oh man. Matt, the writer, because I, I was fully expecting you to come on the show and be like, oh yeah, I do uh I do a lot of adventuring, and that would segue into all your adventure hobbies, which I, I'm still wanting to get back to because you, you do some amazing stuff there. But just the writing aspect, how does somebody get into writing? How do you get into it? Like, yeah. Take a class at like your Ooh. local junior college for free. So I took a creative writing class as well and got published in one of our like local journals for some like short story I wrote as well. But that was like a you know, $50 class at the local junior college. What was the short story? I can't even tell you. I can't remember it. It was. When did you do this though? Ooh, like ten years ago. Oh, so this was. I mean, years ago? fairly recent. I mean, you're into your adulthood. <laughs> a, dec a decade ago, yeah, yeah, for sure. Into your adulthood, though. This wasn't when you were a kid. This is into your adulthood. Yeah, I had gone to college for a few years and, and you, learned what I liked and didn't like by then. Wow, that's amazing. And what drove you to go to a junior college and say, "I want to take this class"? Uh, affordability. So I wanted to learn and, you know, college is expensive and junior college had a lot of opportunities and cheap classes. So I took one. It's amazing. And what would you say you gathered the most from that class? Oh, um, I say public speaking. I was terrified to, you know, read things in front of people and they made us do that, read your poet, poem or story, whatever, but in front of the rest of the class and do that over and over again. So it was like a public speaking slash creative writing class. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And that, um, that kind of helped with talking to people on podcasts like you, Drew. Hey, look at that. Full circle. That's what we were bringing right. it back to. <laughs> now, once you take this class, 
what would you suggest somebody, what would you suggest next steps? Like, would you suggest that somebody goes and gets a dozen moleskin journals and leaves them throughout the house or what? I say whatever works for you, but like if it's a digital version of that, or if it is a physical version or whatever gets you to write every single day, like go do that. Even if it's for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, one page, as they used to say, one line, for just do it every single day so it becomes a habit. And then over time, you'll start building on that. And do you have something in your possession writing-wise that you're like, at this point, is your coup de grace? Hmm. It's a good question. Hard hitting. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know if I would call it that. I have some things that I've written down, like some, some tenets that I, I believe in, but I don't know if it's... I have that yet. What do you what do you have in your possession that you've written down that you're proud of? Oh, a lot of stuff, a lot of thoughts, a lot of wisdom. Okay. I'm kind of documenting my family history as well. That's a big part of it. So very cool. That's me something I'm proud of. And are any of them close? Would you feel comfortable grabbing one and reading it? <laughs> uh, not at the moment. They're okay. not close at the moment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe for just, a future episode. Absolutely. We could have a whole podcast of just Matt's readings. <laughs> oh you know what we should make this a fucking segment we just call you up oh, out of the blue and you have to recite yes. some iliad of matt's on air Ooh. oh actually we could do that Ooh. see i like this because i'm just like collecting stuff you know so we'll have we'll have you do that segment we'll have some other people do little segments soon i won't even need to run this podcast It'll just be happening organically. Just segments on segments. Yeah. People would be segmenting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that will generate me money on Patreon. Because don't forget, if you go to patreon.com forward slash one ounce poor, the number one OZ poor, you can pay me money. That's, that's my shameless plug. I apologize for that. So moving on. Do you have like a referral program or something? Like I don't. I don't. I'm just trying to figure out uh, the interwebs. T-shirts or something. Every I, time they like subscribe, you buy a T-shirt, mail, ooh, mail something. Actually, you know a what's koozie, no, koozie, You know what's funny cool. is they give you these options. So if you do the three the three fifty subscription, you get like a sticker three months in, and then if you, you do like the seven dollar one, you get a T-shirt. I wish they had the beer koozie option, but they don't. I'm gonna create okay. my own patches. Because I'm obsessed with patches. That's one of my hobbies is collecting patches and sewing them on a vest. Specifically for breweries, but whatever. Mine will look good on there. So we're going to have that one day if somebody pays me fucking money to do it. <laughs> Sounds good. I like that. Man. So I'm not going to stick to the writing too long. But I, I have to know what feeling do you get? When you know, like, oh, I got to write this down. Oh, anxiety? Is it? Like, oh, my God. Like, like, I have to get out of my head and onto paper before I forget. Oh, sort of so would you say it's like a, a therapeutic thing for you to write this stuff down? Or is it anxiety? Like, I got to get it out before I forget. It's definitely, I get it out before I forget. But there is a therapeutic sort of sense in the writing. Like, it's, I mean, it, it ties in with that. Like, getting those thoughts out of your head, putting them on paper. Then you can, once they're on paper, you can, like, manipulate them and, you can start building on them and you know it's like it's it's actually something tangible so that's what i like it's like take those thoughts and turn them into something tangible that's dope i wish <sighs> matt I've known you for too long uh too long to say on air because then it dates me <laughs> and i've never known this about you this is amazing this is like a whole new like new friendship moment unlocked thank you for that no that's awesome that was this way cool here for. dude cool. 
dope. So anything you want to say about uh, your writing hobby? I think we need to go back to this at a future time. Absolutely. This is like a whole some little anecdotes for you. We can do some stuff with that. It's like a whole episode we could just unravel into writing in general. I think so. I think so. But I did bring you on here to talk about your cool adventures. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. So I definitely like adventuring. We can talk about that. That that kind of ties in with cars, um, automotive, travel in general. Um, It's a big hobby of mine. So yeah, adventuring. Yeah, because most of the time when I've like hung out with you, you've been on an adventure and stopping by. And it's been pretty cool to hear. You've hit most of the national parks on the West Coast, correct? I have. I'm just about all of them. I have to go to North Cascades. Um, and then surprisingly, Joshua Tree <laughs> what? in Southern California. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the most, northernmost and the southernmost I have to hit still. All right. That's it. Now, you don't just drive down and stay in a hotel, right? No, no. I go camping most of the time. I have a truck that's built out. One of those adventure rigs, they call them. Yeah, um, what are they, I'm set up for camping in the woods. The adventure rigs, though, they call them something. What Overlanders. Is that what yours <sighs> is? An overlander? <laughs> No, I mean, it, it looks kind of like them, but I don't really fit into that sort of crew or vibe. What is an overlander? It's like a low-speed Baja truck, right? Or something? It's it's like a, if you took a pre-runner and you took the suspension off okay. and replaced it with fuel cans. <laughs> Take the suspension off, grab 30 fuel cans, 10 water cans, um, a shovel, an axe, everything you could possibly imagine you would need for the outdoors and somehow put it on the outside of your vehicle. So everyone can see them. That's what overlanding is. That seems so stressful (laughs) (laughs) just because I would constantly be worried. Somebody is going to steal my ax that I have on the outside of my truck. Yeah. Especially if you live in Portland um, and that sort of thing happens all the time. Overlanding. Mm -hmm. So you consider yours an adventure rig? I would, yeah, I would, I would use the term adventure rig okay. a little more than overlander. And you got a, you got a big old power wagon, correct? I do. A Ram 2500 power wagon. Big old 6.4 liter. Hemi. It's a hemi. Hemi. Thing got a hemi. Like if you, if you really wanted to do Jeep stuff, but you just did not want to drive a Jeep and uh, get a power wagon. There you go. Does that have locking front and rear? Front and rear. Locking different. Yes. Nice. Nice. I've never been a big Jeep guy. I actually despise Jeeps a lot. I don't like driving them personally. They're not fun. They're not enjoyable to drive. Um, I mean, if you took one to Moab and it was built, then maybe. But aside I, from that, getting a Moab would suck driving that thing. Yeah, so. I had a JK and it was... No, you didn't. When? Yeah, I did. When? And when I worked at the dealership. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was miserable. <laughs> it was It was absolutely miserable. 90% of the time and then 10% of the time when I take it up like to different spots to bow hunt, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, whoa, this is what Jeep life is all about. But that was 10% of the time. And I had a uh, enduro bike that would take me even further than the Jeep that I picked to ride over the Jeep every time. I even bought and made my own custom bow mount for the back Ooh. of this bike so I could Ooh. ride two different bow hunting spots and not take my jeep <laughs> i hated that thing so much Dude, there, how have we not gone bow hunting together that's, i don't that's another story i would love that i would i would also like to get into bow hunting again 
And I feel like did I you talk... do that in Oregon or no? Were I did. Oh yeah. Okay. I did a lot and uh, never actually killed anything other than squirrels. <laughs> so I more hiked with my bow than actually bow hunted. Okay. Fair enough. I got really close, but didn't actually kill anything. So it was Stop a hobby. Like bow scouting. Bow scouting. Bow dude. scouting. It was a hobby that I got really into. I used to fletch my own arrows. I used to cut down yeah. my own shafts. Like. I'd knock my own arrows, everything. I'd make my own, uh, my actual bowstring. I'd make that. It was a lot of fun just doing all of that aspect. And then I'd go out and I'd hike around with a bow and it was miserable. <laughs> Wake up super early, go find a spot, let a squirrel just ruin your day. Tell all the deer where you're at. No, I love archery. That's, that's one of my oldest, like one of my oldest pastimes, I guess they say. I would say I'm more into archery than I am into hunting. Like I would much yes. rather go and shoot a target than go out and hunt. It's very like meditative, like Zen. You know, they're trying to just shoot. It's awesome. A bow. And yeah. I have a pretty nice bow and I have it set up pretty nice. You know, I, I don't have all the like crazy stuff on there. And I keep thinking like, ah, oh, I should go and I should shoot this and it'd be a lot of fun. And then I go up to my parents' property and I shoot my recurve and I'm like, this is all I need. I love this bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a recurve <laughs> is perfect. It's so it amazing. Like it's it light. Is. You can just flick some arrows around and then you're done. Traditional. Yeah. I, like I feel like a full compound, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing. Got to get all your shit straight. It is, but that sound of the arrow in the air sounds so cool. It is pretty cool. I mean, it's like a mini little shotgun blast. And it hits that tack. Yeah, I need to actually get my compound out and take it out and go and and do that. Actually, I don't know if it was last show or two shows ago, we talked about archery golf. It was last show. Archery golf? Dude, it is so much fun. What is that? So... It is funny to listen to the podcast. Or yeah. Can you give me the, I mean, you can listen to the arrow. podcast. It's basically like Frisbee golf, but with a bow and arrow. Oh shit. It okay. is amazing. And Tom cool. looked it up on his phone while we were all talking and he's like, Oh, there's a bunch near you. And I got very excited. Turns out there's none near us. <laughs> so maybe yeah. it's just an Oregon thing. I don't know, but maybe I could set up my own course. It, it's a lot of fun. If you can find one near you, I would highly suggest going out and doing it once. It's a, it's a blast. I have to Google this. Pull it up. Do you have someone to pull it up for us or no? Uh, not not currently yes. today. Nope. Tom's out. So we're just stuck. You, me, wishing we could pull it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Such a crucial position to the up here. Yeah. So back to adventure rigging slash okay. monument visiting slash camping. Where did you get started in this? When I was a kid, my mom used to take me for drives when I was like fussy or would like, you know, have some issue or we were just bored. We'd go for drives in the woods. And so I always liked kind of that road trip driving experience. And then when I got older, she'd take me camping or we'd go on like road trips up and down the coast and in the Sierras and stuff like that. And so I always kind of loved nature. Um, and I sort of do this it kind of in my mom's honor every summer. I take a road trip and I go through national parks and kind of see them. So that's cool. It's kind of like in a way to honor my mom. And also I just grew up doing this. So like I love nature and being outside nature. And it's fun, you know, with a big hemi terracing through nature as well. So <laughs> it's kind of, uh, sounds cool. The, the, the flow masters echo in the canyons and kind of cool. Hell yeah. So. <laughs> I, I like that really tight line that you tow of like, I got a hemi. Woo. And also, like, looking at nature and writing it down in my moleskin journal is, is a beautiful <laughs> moment that I can 
only aspire. <laughs> not, many, not many people can pull that off. You'd no, be and you pulled off uh, so well. Yeah, most people are just, you know, straight piping their Jeeps and trying to rip ass up a canyon. And here you are. It's true. Adventure it's true. rigging. I love it. So, what does somebody need to do to get into adventure rigging? Um, get good at driving off road. So, yeah. get an off road vehicle a four by four vehicle, understand how to maintain it, and then just practice on baby trails and work your way up to some of the scarier shit. And then once you start doing that, sort of, you know, expanding out your terrain, snow, sand, you know, mud, stuff like that, and just going farther and farther. I would pick a, a place you want to go and see and then try to get there with as little highway or road use as possible. It's amazing how little people can comprehend of what off-road driving is all about. It's 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 so different. Actually out there, it, it is. is so different. You get a whole lot of oversteer, then you get a whole lot of understeer. You get you have to have certain uh, angles of descent and climb, and you need to know throttle control going through those. And snow is different than sand, which is different than grass, which is different than mud. And, and people the just aspects. Yeah, like there, there's times where you're a hundred miles from services. And you're just like, please don't break down. Please don't break down. <laughs> better have every single, that's the big part of it is having every single spare you can possibly need when you're out there. So I don't know if I could honestly go and do that just because I'm such a like hypochondriac with my cars that I'm constantly thinking yeah. like, Oh, did I put that on? Right. Did I? Is that what that noise is? Is that what's going on right now? No, no, we're good. And I feel like out there, it'd, it'd be a whole other mess for sure. Yeah, yeah. You you just hear a tick or you feel a bump that you didn't feel or a rattle you didn't feel before. You're like, what was that? What was that? Is that, is that happening? Is it it? Is this it? Like, <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> so did you ever drive on any of those roads in Southern Oregon? Those like dirt roads that lead to somebody's weed farm? A few of them. I had the Audi at the time when I was in Southern Oregon, so I would just tear ass up the mountain. Didn't go out on too many of the dirt roads, but with a few of the kids, we did. I, so I took, I had a Crown Vic. <laughs> it was a police interceptor. Dude, it was a police interceptor. It was dope. <laughs> and first off, a Crown Vic police interceptor is a V8 rear wheel drive cab on frame car. Name one other car like that right now. None. They don't exist. That car doesn't even exist. It was a cab-on-frame V8 rear-wheel drive car. It was a pickup truck car. It was amazing. I don't need to justify why I had that car, okay? It was amazing. But I would tear ass up and down these dirt roads thinking I was Duke's Hazard. And I would get back, and I swear, like, every little, like, tick or scratch or whatever noise, I was like, I did that. Oh, no. <laughs> Yes. Every time. I don't know if I could do adventure rigging. That happened to me, um, I think it was out in Tillamook when I was going down a hill, overloaded and a little too fast, and then I heard a noise I shouldn't have heard, and then my <laughs> suspension started making noise ever <laughs> since then, and yeah, you know the story after that, but it's yeah, always... <laughs> the point is, uh, carry spare parts. Always carry spare. And I think <laughs> that you're into a hobby that might also be make sure your savings is constantly at a good level. Yeah. You know, with gas prices and maintenance <laughs> tires, tires are actually the most expensive part. I think so far. Well, you were rolling so up expensive. here in mud terrains. Yeah. I mean, once you get to Moab and, and the Rockies and you know, those, the day <laughs> they're worth it. Trust me, man. They're worth their weight in gold when you're out there. They're worth it, but they're gone now. Correct. They're just bald. 
Ooh, they're pretty low. <laughs> they're pretty low. I made it back. I made it back, but they're pretty. I wouldn't use them for snow for the, for the next mud season for that way. But <laughs> my might be good favorite. Oh man, my favorite was I worked for Les Schwab for a brief moment, and we would get these yeah. guys that would come in. I got to get mud terrains. You're like, do you? <laughs> How <laughs> often do you go off road? Well, it's not that. I like the way they look and sound. Because they have that like tank tread ah, sound. The drone. The drone. And you're yeah. like, all right, but just to let you know, that tire is going to wear out in like three to five months. It's going to be gone. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. have any tire left and you're going to be upset. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. I don't drive aggressive. Nah, it doesn't matter. matter. They're gone. Yeah. Three to five months later, all these guys would come back in. What's the warranty on this tire? you're like they're they have a warranty but it's not for wearing the shit out of them because you drive the pavement all day long (laughs) you know that doesn't that's not covered your tire's gone you should get new tires you should get like ats or something but yeah the reviews the reviews online are hilarious because it's just people complaining about the tire life and it's like my dually only gets 10,000 miles my 3500 mud tires is only going to get 10,000 miles and they're pissed off oh the tread life is terrible it's like no you're riding mud tires and you're riding mud fucking tires with the wrong fucking ply <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite part about being a car guy and you could probably attest to this is when somebody tells you how it is and you're like okay that's cool. Like, Alrighty, yes. bud. When <laughs> no, no. they know more, they just know more than what you do all the time. You're like, that's gonna be so fun when you come back to yell at me for me being right about this. And then yeah, they not gonna lie. The first time I got those mud tires, they kind of laughed at me. They were like, "This guy's gonna wear them out." But I actually, but you use them, so go, it's, I, it's I a go purposeful. Per- so much it's a purposeful that, yeah. purchase, so that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, like, I I, I feel with cars the way that. I think a lot of my gun-toting buddies feels with guns, you know? Like, I don't know anything about guns. Do I want guns? You know anything about guns? I, I don't know jack shit, and I feel so bad because really? I'll be talking to some of my buddies, and they'll be telling me about their guns, and I'm like, yeah, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll be like, okay, bud, <laughs> you're good. Go sit down. <laughs> But one time I wanted to get a handheld pistol, revolver, and for bow hunting, because I stepped into an area that I didn't feel safe, and I thought it'd be nice to not have to draw a bow back and take a charging bear down. So it'd be nice to have a handgun. And I talked to one of my buddies, and I was like, yeah, I, I really want a handgun. And he's like, which one? And I showed him a picture of it, and he's like, Why? Why do you want this gun? And just like the the mud terrains, I was like, because it looks cool. <laughs> it's like, what was it? Fucking idiot. What was it? It was like a Ruger Blackhawk or something. It was like a <laughs> old westerny like <laughs> six shooter. Like, but a six shooter, you had to like open up and load individual bullets in, not like where you open up the whole revolving unit. To load all it's like six. A, it's like a musket? Is this like an old like... No, no, no. It's like, not like a musket. It, it was like you you pull down the little side tab and then you load one and then you spin the chamber and load another and then okay, spin the yeah. chamber and load... Anyway, it had like a push rod in it and everything. I just thought it was a cool gun. He's like, dude, if, if that's what you want... I mean, it's 44, so it could take a bear. 
And he's like, if that's what you want, go for it. I went and held the gun. Yeah. And like, I, I don't, I'm not a big person at all. And I held the gun and my hands were too big for the gun. <laughs> <laughs> so then the the gun salesperson was like, "Oh yeah, well we can give you different grips for this gun, and you know you can it'll fill your hand up a lot better." Blah blah blah. And he showed me the grips, yeah. and it ruined the whole aesthetic of the gun. Like, yeah. The whole reason I wanted it is because it had the wood with the brass. You know, like I don't know what you call it, nails. I don't yeah. know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I just thought it, it looked cool. It looked like you know I was Doc Holiday out there trying to get bears away from me. <laughs> I was thinking about like the the holster that would go in and like how I could quick draw it out and get a bear. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't buy a gun. Oh, Maybe for that's... sure. <laughs> I think if anybody knows me mentally, I don't think I'm prepared for a gun. Yeah. 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 I'm that person Six that they mile. instantly put on a watch list for a gun. They're like, nah, I don't know, bud. <laughs> that's what a design a watch list. <laughs> 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 be like oh, all you need is my id right and they're like uh and maybe a couple of days to do a couple of checks on you you know yeah, figure this out yeah. for real but yeah so that's is. that's my whole gun thing uh my wife's a gun nut and she owns a couple guns so if anybody ever breaks into our house just know and be shot by a very attractive lady so it's <laughs> <laughs> the way to go that's the way I to know, go right i think i was trying to deter people but i after saying that, I think I maybe incentivized people. <laughs> Let's go find Drew's house. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go find Drew's house and get shot by a nice blonde. Ba Bam! <laughs> yeah, I'll just be cowering between pillows. Oh, save me! <laughs> you have the bow. You have the I do. bow. I do. I do. And maybe I'll bite him. That'll that'll teach him. Ooh. Yeah. Right. You break into my house. Hold him down. So adventure hiking. <laughs> Let's get back to, back to driving off road. Driving off road. How does somebody get into adventure rigging? Uh, I'm sure there's like meetups and stuff online. I do all this shit solo, so I'm different than everybody else. I don't do it for the gram. I just end up on the gram. But mm. um, yeah, I go solo. So I, I just looked it up myself. You can find a lot of information online. I think there's a, a good website. What was it called, Drew? Oh, I wish I knew. Name? It was like Expedition Portal something like that. It's a really good like overlanding, off-roading website. You can find a lot of good information on there. I'd say just gave them a free shout-out. Do know. it right now. What is it? Expedition Portal? Yeah, Expedition Portal. All right. I'll, I will, I'll attempt to do something on Instagram, but I'm, I'm not very savvy with it. So Expedition Portal, I apologize if I accidentally link it to like your mom's account or something. <laughs> Once you get into it, what would you say is the number one thing you need to have at your disposal? And don't say money. I know you're going to say money. Don't say money. I was, yeah, I was going to say money. Money, patience, time. I just think like a willingness to go out and explore places that most people don't go to. Because that's where you're going to get away from the crowds and get those really good shots that may not be the like Instagram du jour, but you won't have to deal with 50 people in front of you the whole time. So. Mm. That's what I'd recommend. And what is the goal of adventuring? It's not Instagram, right? It's it's to get away, no. right? It's just to see the world. There's a lot of beauty out there in nature, and there's a lot of cool shit to see. So just like getting out there and getting away from it, it's kind of cool. I like this whole aspect and background of this concept. <laughs> like, take <laughs> big trucks and go out in nature and get out. <laughs> take take big trucks and stomp on nature as you appreciate it yes 
Well, it, you know, there's trails. It's just like every outdoor hobby, right? Um, nothing drives me nuts more than people saying like dirt biking. That's a hobby that I've had my whole life. Like dirt biking's destroying nature. Like, well, I don't think you look into the rest of what's going on with nature or with the with the hobby. Like dirt biking is on a set trail and outside of that, every piece of money that you pay is not toward like Mad Max's off-road experience. Like it's all toward a BLM or toward some sort of outdoor preservation area. Right. So I, I don't I don't get people's arguments of like you're trampling on nature on nature you're trampling on a portion of nature that is designated for that and all the monies goes to preserve all the nature around it well right they've never done it and they've never experienced it they just think they know about it there's a lot of that going on that's my favorite that's a hobby in itself (laughs) is thinking you know a lot about something and then making that a fact and putting it out into the universe and that's your whole argument. <laughs> so ignorance. Ignorance, ignorance. is a hobby. Yes, ignorance is the number one hobby of, of today. It's it's great. It's like, y'all need to calm down. But I did the same thing, but on two wheels. And that was my favorite thing, except I did it very cheaply. I, did, I bought a 1975 Honda XL 350. And yes. I just would strap my luggage to the back on the back rack and go out in nature. And yeah, it was fun. I never went as far as you did, though. That 350 wouldn't have taken me where you went. Those shots, though. I remember you you sending those. I was jealous of you at the time. I was like, man, I want to go do that. So you you partly inspired my adventure. Look at that. Look at that. It's funny because when I finally had the bike to do it, like I finally bought, flip, sold, bought, flip, sold all these bikes to get the bike I thought I wanted, which is a DR650, which if anybody's getting into Enduros, you need to realize one thing. It's going to do everything half-assed. It's going to do the off-road half-assed. It's going to do the on-road half-assed. You're never going to find like a, this is a perfect bike for both. And this bike, I I knew I wanted to make it off-road capable. So, I mean, I bought like the plastic tank for it. I bought all the shorty fenders for it. I put a 790 kit on it, which bumped it up to, uh, I think like 13 to one compression. It sounded like a mini Harley, dude. It was dope. <laughs> you fired that thing up. It was crazy. I, I did all the rim locks on it. I did everything that you needed to do to make it an off-road oriented bike. And then I rode an actual dirt bike. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> dirt bike enduro. You know, had a plate. And yeah. I rode that around and then hopped back on that on my uh, DR and was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And I sold it and yeah. got a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's 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 crazy but one thing i will say that the the 1975 xl 350 have you ever read zen and the art wait hold on oh, the I'm art of motorcycle maintenance exactly zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance have you read that yes okay good that book definitely inspired me to like nut up or shut up and go and do some kind of like crazy so my whole goal was i wanted to find a dirt path to the coast from ashland which, for those that don't know, Ooh. Ashland is very inland. The coast is, what is it, like 200 miles? It's like 150, I think. Okay, 150. I mean. There's a there's plenty of paved ways to get there, but there's like deep, dark, secret, nobody will tell you about dirt roads to get there. And I've, I've asked everybody. I rode that XL350 
I think 120 miles before I was like, this is, this is nuts. Like I'm on a 1975 motorcycle, (laughs) like fuck the art of, (laughs) or the Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Fuck that book. Fuck it all. I'm going home. (laughs) This is stupid. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And I went home. And then I tried it again. I know, like all that effort for nothing. And then I tried it again on my DR650 and I rode all the way to some weird point. I had to go a couple different paved roads, never made it. Went all the way back home. It's on my bucket list, man. Like I I need to figure this out. I don't live in Oregon anymore, so it's very low on my bucket list, but you do it for me. I'll live vicariously through you. You need to go down to Ashland and drive up in the hills and find okay. your way to the coast. Actually, okay. I think it's it's behind talent is where you Ashland do it. to the coast. We'll call it Ashland to the yeah. coast. Okay. You'd spread my ashes out there or something. I don't know. Make it, you know, really memorable. <laughs> <laughs> Read it's one of your Ashland. sonnets. So I will back to your hobby because that's why you're here, right? Right. You got to get the the right rig. You got to have time yes. and patience. You got to have maintenance. Yep. yep. You got to be on it. What was the website? Expedition Portal will give you some insights. Expedition Portal will give you some websites. Then what do you do? Do you just go out and find a place near you and just start adventuring? or? Yeah, you go out and practice. Go out and go camping and go like local, so not too far, and start going further and further. So go someplace you know, an hour away or half an hour away and go a place two, three hours away and then four, five, six, then eight to 12, and then start doing multi-day trips where you're just camping and going along the way and just go further and further out now normally this is where we end the show it's like an hour that's topped you got time i got time hell yeah so oh and i was right it's 140 miles there you go to the coast Boom. yep damn so i was like 10 miles away from the coast <laughs> you almost got there man almost i could smell it i just couldn't see it i actually want to talk to you about archery a little bit because this is something we share where did you when did you start your journey in archery like what got you into it? Because it's a weird hobby for people to actually get into. When you uh, think about actually, it. my friend, like so my friend from middle school, was he was heavily into like hunting and fishing and archery, uh, and he had a bow and like took me to this free archery range where I used to live. Went and shot the bow, loved it. it was like this is fucking cool. And then so I'd go out there with him like on the weekends and start shooting his bow, and then I got my own, and then just started going from there. And then we started competing with each other. And that's when it got fun. We'd go out there and like, you know, like we compete over beers. Like we'd have the different shots, you know, lined up those like 3d targets. And then yeah. whoever got, you know, two or three at the heart or whoever got the closest one to the bullseye or got the most bullseyes would owe the other person a beer. And we would go around and do that at the end of it. Then we'd go, whoever, whoever owed the other person beers, we'd go out and pay for beers. And we just do, did that over and over and over again. We got really good at it over the years. Dude, that's dope. It was fun. So, what were you guys shooting? Re- recurve or compound or? Compound. He has. I mean, he makes his own. So he, my friend makes his own bows. Oh, that's you gotta cool. have on the show. Oh my god! But, uh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be cool. Gotta have on the show. But um, I, I, at the time, we were both shooting uh, compounds, and I think he was a PSC at the time. Yeah. And right now, I, I have a bear. So the bear archery. Yes. Compound. Wh- which yeah. one? Which bear? It's an older one. It's the Mauler. Oh, because uh, when I was looking at bows, I was trying to get the Anarchy, the Bear Anarchy. That's the one I'd probably upgrade to, yeah. And the reason I wanted that bow, and for all you out there that are 
I'm going to hear this and laugh. I still finger fire even with my compound. Finger fire, huh? Yeah. So nice. uh, I had to find, because the uh, angle in which you pull it back, it you know, creates the angle with the string, yeah. of new bows is so taut and so like crazy that you can only de-loop to shoot it. And there's like three or four bows out there that you can still finger fire from, and the Bear Anarchy is one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. The rest okay. of the bows you can't finger fire from. Yeah. Where did you, once you got into archery, and once you started firing with your friend and everything like that, what kept you going in that hobby? It was just fun, man. It, like Just the feeling of like trying to line everything up. It's very zen. It's like, you just have a moment out there where it's like all quiet, you're in nature, trying to line up a shot, you know, the birds are fucking chirping, and you hit that crazy, you know, 70, 80 yard bullseye or whatever it is, or, you know, animal, deer, whatever you're trying to do. It just, it's a cool feeling. So like, actually we did a lot of target shooting and we would do these crazy shoots, you know, 70, 80, 90 yards through trees and across ravines and stuff like that. And so it, we would hit those shots, man. I'd feel fucking good. Dude, that is cool. like, you need to find an archery golf place near you. That is like the whole yeah. thing. And I, I told this story last time. So my buddy Ryan and I went and played archery golf and the craziest thing was, you know, you're trying to hit these targets at distances and whatnot. We were betting on who's going to buy lunch and I just launched one and both <laughs> yeah. of us thought, eh, it didn't hit. And then we got up there and saw it and we're like, holy fuck, it hit. I'm like, oh my God, it was crazy. <laughs> so that feeling is, is for real. It's a cool feeling. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, I I need to get back in archery for sure. I love that that whole aspect of it. We should go. Uh, we should go hunting, or at least target shooting, or even doing the golf. Just just getting out there and competing again is what kind of made it fun for me. So if I had someone to compete with, you know, we can go do something like that. I would say, and this is going to dive into a whole different segment of hobbies. <laughs> the hardest thing with hobbies is trying to find people to do those hobbies with because you can Definitely. only do a hobby for so long in my opinion uh there's probably tons of people out there who will disagree with this but you can only do a hobby so long before it becomes like yeah i'm just out here mountain biking by myself or i'm out here shooting archery by myself or i'm out here you know doing whatever by myself it, it is a it takes your hobby to a next level when you find someone that's into the hobby and you can have that shared experience of like we're both enjoying this at the same time definitely agree with that i definitely agree like multiplies the experience yeah and i think archery is such a you know cause and effect hobby that it definitely needs that like added person to it because <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> You shoot and you hit as close to the bullseye as you can get, and you look around like, "Oh, didn't we see that?" And you're like, "Oh, nobody did." <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I always feel like yes. I have a much better time shooting archery when there's somebody you know that you're either competing against or shooting with, and you can point out like, "Oh, look what I did," versus you know just shooting alone. Because I'll go out and every once in a while I'll just shoot my bow and arrow and I'll you're like okay well cool all right my grouping's right. all right no one saw it whatever <laughs> <laughs> most fun i've ever had is with a with a friend for sure agreed agree do you have a lot of ranges out there in portland there's one close by it's very easy to get to but it's not very 
fancy the one back in california that was by my house was epic like if you ever out there we should go absolutely just, uh, hit up that range you would be impressed by it. The, the shots and the range of shots and the distance is it's pretty cool i will pretty say in cool this is like the third time i've done a shout out to the Ash the ashland gun club hmm. but their archery stations and everything that's it's amazing like they have one of the better setups I've ever seen for an archery range. They're also the same ones that had the archery golf, so that adds mm. to it as well. If you're Check ever driving through Ashland, you should just stop. I, I don't know if it's a members-only scenario, so don't okay. think you're just going to stop in or not. But <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. it, I got peoples down there, so you, you'll get in. Okay. <laughs> That's good now. To end everything, hobbies in general, what would you say? If somebody wants to write, shoot archery, get into adventuring, adventure, what do you call that again? It's adventure, just adventuring. Just adventuring. All right, adventuring. Yeah. So if somebody wants to be Thoreau, how do you suggest they, they tackle their hobby? What would you say would be your one little nugget you would leave on the show as like, hey, do this to be better? I would just say find what like makes you happy. Like find the part that's fun and just do that. Don't worry about learning everything. Find the part that's fun and start with that. Start with that first. I'll tell you what. I, I know you may or may not have listened to uh, some past shows, but y'all are, are hearing a theme here, right? Go out and fucking do what's fun. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like whether it's hockey, whether it's three gun, whether it's archery, adventure rigging, writing, wrestling alligators, doesn't fucking matter go out have fun find the hobby that's for you and then come back and report to us man like that's what we love that's why we do this podcast is specifically because we want to live vicariously through you and we want our listeners to live vicariously through you and we want you to promote your hobby to the point where maybe one of our listeners says holy shit i want to do that and they go and they do it because that is what it's all about that's what having a hobby is all about i'm gonna leave it there matt any last thoughts well thank you for having me drew i appreciate it man no thank you for joining holy shit what an what an exciting episode i thought this was going to be about you driving your dodge around instead you discussed how you love writing and how you love archery so (laughs) this has been a very very fun episode uh don't forget to follow us one ounce poor podcast on instagram Hit us up if you want to be part of our show or if you want to uh, tell us a hobby that you uh, want to get into and how to get into it. And don't forget, you can pay us now. Patreon.com forward slash one ounce pour. Thank you all for joining and don't forget to drink it one ounce at a time.